Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, Bobby, we're going to the east side this week on Urban Spelunking, and I'm really excited to talk about this building because I spent some quality late night hours there uh, during <laughs> college. I think I actually had my first chai latte, which was a big deal. And really? I, just, I, yeah. I love the chai latte. Yeah, and I tried to sell some like crappy old Dell laptop on the bulletin board at this place as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this place is uh, is is important to me too because it's the place that when I got hired by On Milwaukee, it was where the On Milwaukee offices were uh, for the first five years that I was there. So I spent a lot of time in there too. So we just might have crossed paths briefly in this building at, at different stages of life. Uh, we're talking about the former On Milwaukee offices on North Avenue, which most recently was was what the Buddha Lounge. Yeah, the first floor was most recently Buddha Lounge, but even that's been closed for a number of years now. Um, and we and we were upstairs. I remember the Node coffee shop days. That was, uh, I think, one of the very first like 24-hour coffee shops in Milwaukee. So it, it brought a, a great late-night crowd and um, have a lot of great memories just hanging out there. Yeah, I thought it would have lasted longer than it did. There was sort of a big succession of things there in another media outlet in town, I think, called that building one of the cursed locations of Milwaukee just because so many things came and went. Well, on this episode, we're going to be talking about some demolition that's happening and giving a chance to kind of last look at some of these important buildings on North Avenue where so many memories are. Um, because there's a new development coming through that's going to take the place of multiple buildings on North Avenue. So we're taking this this episode as a chance to look back for a sec. But why don't we talk just first about what's coming? So what's the uh, future look like? Yeah, so the um, new building that's going to be there is going to be a four-story um, apartment building with 56 apartments. And then the first floor is going to have a UW credit union in it. They've okay. already got, a, a, unlike a lot of buildings that open with a retail space that sits empty endlessly, uh, this already has a tenant and it's not even built yet. So on this episode, we're talking about the the Buddha Lounge node building, former on Milwaukee offices, and then mm-hmm. another longtime Milwaukee bar, RC's, which we've uh, spelunked in the past as well. A lot of people loved uh, that bit business for decades. Oh, yeah. It was a huge popular college bar for decades. I mean, it opened on the block in 1974, moved into the building that just got uh, demolished this last week in 1978 and was there until 2018. So it was it was a long-lived bar on that corner. Well, coming up in the second part of our conversation, we're going to dive a little bit deeper and, and give you that last look at some of these buildings before they're gone forever. Talk about the businesses, of course, and then you know we've got history going all the way back to when these buildings were first built. So that's coming up in our extended conversation next. Stick around. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. All right, Bobby, back on North Avenue, saying goodbye to, where do you want to start? The On Milwaukee offices or RCs? Um, Well, let's start at the On Milwaukee office because that's sort of the older part of the story. Yeah, Um, probably a little more personal for you too, huh? Yeah, in the... You know, there were sort of four buildings on the block and the corner of Cambridge and North was the one that we were talking about that had been the on Milwaukee office. Also, Node was there, Buddha mm-hmm. Lounge was there, Clutch, La Piazza, Glass Nickel Pizza. Um, and then on the opposite end, on the corner of Newhall, 
was RCs, but in between there was um, an earlier brick office building with like a 1930s like single story addition attached. And that's sort of the key to the whole block, to a lot of the block, because that was home to Wisconsin Coal and Ice Company. Okay. Um, which had been around since like the mid 19th century, it was a very old country uh, company. And they built the building that Node and on Milwaukee would be in, in the 20s as a single story building that was an ice house. It was storage of, of ice, which makes sense because mm-hmm. they probably also harvested ice off the river, which is just down the hill there. Um, the problem with the ice house idea, though, was when this was built in the mid 20s, was that by 1927, General Electric had um, invented um, an affordable, useful home refrigerator. Ooh, that's like a <laughs> dagger right yeah. on the icebox heart, huh? Right. <laughs> right. So like just a couple of years after um, this building was built, uh, GE introduces this thing that, you know, the home refrigerator becomes hugely popular. People don't need ice anymore. So um, by 1930, they don't need the building anymore. And so a dry cleaner opens in the building and okay. actually is, and it's interesting because it's a guy who started it with his dad who had worked in the hardware business for 40 years and retired. And then, so the guy and his dad, his newly retired dad opened this dry cleaning business and it lasted in that space for about 30 years. So it was, a, I mean, it was there a long time. Yeah. I suppose and, dry cleaning turns out to be a better business than ice production, <laughs> yes. right? For, for At that history. time, for yep. sure. Right. And, um, Interestingly, the the building was a one-story building, and it wasn't until the early '50s that they added the second story. So, did they add it? Did they just add it on like another yeah, layer? Yeah, just or? plopped okay. it. Oh wow! Yeah, '51 or '52, I think they plopped it right on top. And actually, if you see my story, which I'm sure you will link to, there's drawings of what it looked like as a one-story building, and then as a newly expanded two-story building. Oh, that's cool! I wish we could do that at 88.9. Just plop another floor right on top, maybe a parking structure. Just Go for it. You could it. probably do that. It just <laughs> takes, I think it just takes money and some approvals. Yeah. Yeah. You probably got to ask for permission. Yes. Yes. So it had a couple of different, um, when that place closed at the end of the fifties for the next few decades, it had a couple of different businesses in it. There was like a, a mail, uh, a mail advertising business, you know, like they would send, you know, postcards out, you know, direct mail, direct mail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was there for a while. And then it, it was apparently vacant for a little while too. And then this guy named George Salvat bought it and opened WebWorks in the building, which is how we got there. Um, George was renting out, he sort of divided up the spaces and was renting them out to different um, internet related startups. And what year about are we talking here? Early um, 2000s? That was in 1997. Oh, okay. So no, he was early. He was early in the game or 97. And then on Milwaukee was started by three guys that were working out of their houses um, and they got some investors and that's when um, they leased office space at WebWorks, hired people like me, hired a programmer and the rest of that is history. Was that a pretty big leap for you? Like getting into this new, you know, internet startup journalism? Yeah. Massive. And I like to tell the story because I worked at Schwartz bookshop at that point for about eight years. You know, Schwartz had been around since the twenties, had locations all over town and like in some of the suburbs this was like a, a long lasting stalwart, you know. Company. Oh yeah, sure. It's definitely. So, yeah. So when I got approached to apply for at on Milwaukee, I was like, I don't know, you know, like I'm leaving this 
you know, really long lived company to go to the, you know, this internet thing, <laughs> which, which may or may not last, you know, who knows? I mean, in, you know, early 2000, late 99, nobody really knew what was going on. Yeah. You were you probably know. right to be skeptical, right? Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, if nothing else, it'll just kind of move me out of my inertia. Uh, you know, if it, if it lasts a couple of years, at least it forces me to kind of move on and try something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And here we are 22 years later and I'm still at on Milwaukee. Um, which is doing better than ever. And Schwartz bookshop has been closed for, ah, it's gotta be at least 10 years now. I don't remember exactly the year they closed, but. I um, do remember when on Milwaukee came online yeah. and it was like, wait, so it's, it's online only and it's free and <laughs> you know, it's and not in print that it was like very, very novel at the time. Can I tell you that 22 years on for me and 25 years on for on Milwaukee, I still get people asking if it will also be in the paper. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. When I, do, when I do a story, you know, like there's still people who can't really wrap their heads around it. Right. Yeah. It's obviously <laughs> but, been a great success and we've seen so many other outlets uh, come on, you know, years and years after that. And now mm-hmm. the biggest, the biggest outlets in the world are, you know, have that same model as on Milwaukee. Yep. Yep. And interesting to think that it all started above a coffee shop that I used to hang out at. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And George, I guess, owned the bill. I mean, he, you know, rented to all these different people. And then I, for a time, some of the upstairs, I believe, was converted to uh, residential units. And then downstairs was, as we said, this sort of parade of businesses, Node and Clutch and La Piazza and Golden Nickel and Buddha Lounge. Um, and next door, though, the older building and with the like 1930s edition thought that was home to hometown ice and they um, ran an ice business and some gas stations in town. And I think they probably still do. And they're actually the original business. That's like a, um, that's sort of, um, they morphed out of the Wisconsin ice and coal company. Yeah. I can picture that logo, that hometown logo. So I know I've seen yeah. it around town. And I know there's one on, um, or at least until recently, there was one on uh, Miller Parkway. So there's there's been a few around. And actually, when I worked in the building right across the street where that UWM dorm is now, that Cambridge Commons, there was a hometown gas station on that corner. Yes. Yes, there was. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, they, um, so those buildings are also coming down. Actually, when I went past on th- last Thursday, all of RC's was completely torn down. Oh, all of the one-story addition uh, to the hometown building was torn down and the entire back of the hometown building was down. So all that was left was the old on um, Milwaukee building and the front of the hometown building. So I think by, by last week on Friday, it was probably all torn down. Well, let's talk a little bit more about RCs. I remember when we uh, discussed it for the first time, I think it was right when they announced they'd be closing. And, yeah, 2018. And, yeah, and there was they were throwing a big like blowout party, you know, farewell kind of thing and mm-hmm. I remember since then like uh, you know seeing a lot of people um kind of mourning its loss on social media. I know every time I see you share an update about RCs, certainly around the uh, demolition, people were sharing memories and ah oh, man, that's a chapter, you know, and I'm thinking about the the judges building across the street that was there for some time too. I mean, these places were there for a long time and and you think about um, you know, people's college years. That's that's a lot of people that have probably cycled through these buildings. So I guess it makes sense. There's a lot of love out there for them. Absolutely, and I think the fact that they're coming down at the same time mm-hmm. is is a big deal. Just because it's making it's making people feel mortal, maybe right? I mean, we're we're getting older, and the world is changing around us. You know, and and these places that we sort of thought would be there forever are suddenly just all of a sudden at one time are going to not be there. 
at the same time. And that corner is going to look really different because as I said, like when I worked on that corner, judges was still there and across the street where that Cambridge commons is, was that gas station. And now the gas station's long gone. You have this huge, um, UWM dorm there. The judge's site is going to get an apartment building. This entire block where RC's was is going to have a building that fills pretty much the entire block. So that whole corner is going to just really feel completely different. Yeah. And RC's was, as you mentioned, vacant since 2018, right? So it's like, what are you supposed to do? It's, it's, you know. Well, yeah. And he had uh, the, the developer that ended up, you know, that bought up all those properties um, over time had tons of trouble with people breaking in and damaging the buildings and right. spray painting the outsides of the building and causing uh, and squatting in the buildings and stuff. So it was getting to be a dangerous situation at this point now anyway. Um, but RC's, you know, is interesting because it had started just next door where there was a house. Do you, do you remember where the RC's patio yes, is just yeah. on the west side of the building? Uh-huh. There was a house on that spot before there was a patio. There was a house oh. and it was set back a little from the street. And in front of it was like a little um, retail addition that had been built on the front. Um, and RC's actually started in that space in 1974 and then in 1978 moved into the building that we all think of RC's now, which was built in the fifties as a really sort of mid-century modern looking dry cleaners. And oh, really? look at my story on the urban spelunking story on RC's, you can see drawings of what that looked like. It was super kind of cool mid-century swanky looking dry cleaner. Um, but so he moved in there in 78 and then the house came down and that became the patio. Wait a minute. This is the second dry cleaner we, we were talking about in this. Story. Yeah, they were dry for a while. There were dry cleaners. Well, actually, no. The dry cleaners, no, they did briefly exist at the same time. In the in the fifties, there would have been a, a few years when they both existed, and I. It makes me wonder if the opening of the one on the RC site actually doomed the one. That's, yeah, absolutely. On the, oppo- on the opposite corner, just because. Yeah, you know. Was it a friendly competition, or was it the end yeah, of somebody's right. business? Who knows? Okay. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but so then what's the really interesting thing to me about RCs, though, is that that little kind of bar business, which grew into a little bit of a bigger bar business, became kind of the stepping off point for RC Schmidt, who who opened RCs, um, because now he owns, you know, he owns Water Street Brewery mm-hmm. locations. He I mean, he started Water Street Brewery and owns the suburban locations, too, um, owns like the Harp. This the list Trini- is impressive. Yeah, I remember the first yeah, time the that we Trini, ran down it. Three Irish pubs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he, you know, he has. It sort of created a little sort of local um, empire of <laughs> bars and restaurants. You know, came out of this little uh, pub that had started in an old house. And she mentioned too that a lot of those businesses have been around a pretty long time for you know, especially for you know the hospitality industry. I mean, the Harp's been there. It's got to be oh, more yeah. like 30 years, right? Oh, much longer than much that. Much long, Okay. Much longer than that. And Trinity, I mean, that's been around for a while now too. Probably at least yeah. 10 years, right? Or more. Water Street Brewery opened in 1995. It was the first brew pub in the city. Yeah. Um, and so that, and that just got like sort of a re, like a makeover and a rebranding downtown where it reopened after having been closed during the pandemic. Um, and they own Vagabond next door. I should, I should mention that. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's interesting that just like out of that, you know, that one building you know, RC was able to create this kind of like local sort of, you know, empire of popular bars and restaurants. 
Well, we're calling this episode a last look because these buildings are actively being deconstructed right now. So depending when you're hearing this, uh, you probably can't even, you know, you probably won't even be able to see any evidence of these buildings for much longer here. So go to yeah. onmilwaukee.com. Bob, you've got a lot of pictures from inside RCs, pictures from the most recent chapter of Buddha. Uh, but even even more those those rare pictures from I, there was a picture of you in a um, Halloween costume it looked like you got to tell me a yes, little bit I more was, about that I was just a Saint Francis of Assisi I believe great costume I'm always I'm like a perennial loser of the Ad Milwaukee like we do the we do Halloween every year um, we joke that it's mandatory which I don't think you can technically make it mandatory but it's it's as mandatory as you can sort of legally make it um, that you have to wear a costume on Halloween and. Um, I'm the worst at it. I'm just terrible at it. That one was probably one of my better ones. I, you know, one I was going to say, give yourself some credits. Uh, I That was my first no, guess. No, like Jason McDowell, <laughs> our designer, one year, long before most anybody knew who Banksy was, he came as, as not as Banksy, but he came as that the masked guy holding the Molotov cocktail in one of those Banksy's. Ah. Uh, I mean, he digs deep and does a really, I mean, there and there are other people too. Molly does a really good job. Um, I'm I'm pretty pedestrian at it. I, I went once as Elvis Costello, you know. So it's <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good too. I could see that for um, you. You know, yeah. you you got stiff competition. Molly Snyder um, always rocks the Halloween looks. I'm, she, I'm she throwing, really does. Yeah, I throw she really does throw likes her way every year on Facebook. And whether or not she actually wins the voting, because then we all <laughs> vote for who has the best costume. Um, and whether or not she wins the voting, she usually has the best or the next to best costume although i would say andy tarnoff um did an amazing also does an amazing job he spends all year plotting and buying <laughs> up the things he needs and and sort of teasing us all about it um and this year he he came alarmingly so as uh barry gibb from the bgs oh uh, wow and if you want to look that up on his social media you can see why i said alarmingly oh i gotta look this <laughs> up right now okay you got me going here um now you got me feeling bad i i just went as a i I think one of the laziest costumes ever this year. I went as a construction worker. So. Oh, I went as like a I went as a <laughs> soccer I went as a soccer player in honor of the like new soccer stadium thing. But oh, you there know. you go, okay. But I was lazy. I just carried a ball. I had some tall socks and some sneakers and some <laughs> soccer shorts and a soccer jersey. You know, that's that's still pretty solid. I got the uh, like hazard vest off Amazon and. Uh, when we when we moved into the eighty eight nine buildings, they gave us all hard hats. So I had one of those with my name on it. Uh, oh, excellent! So I was all excellent. set. I just two items, <laughs> easy costume. Nice. Yeah, and I don't remember. I don't remember how I came up with the Saint Francis that year. I was just probably like, what? Well, what? What can I get away with this year? Because I wait till the last minute is my problem. Yeah. I don't like. Unlike Andy and Molly, who are planning for months and months <laughs> ahead, and Jason, who's just a brilliant design mind. Um, I wait. I leave it too long, and then I'm like, ah, I gotta cobble some something together <laughs> well i will be your brother in costume mediocrity forever because okay. i'm exactly the Thank same you. way i'm with you it's it's a lonely place sometimes <laughs> well you can see you can see bobby's best ever costume of his entire life uh linked in this article <laughs> radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast we got a link we've also got a link in the description box on whatever player you're using to listen to us right now always go to on milwaukee that's that's where you can find a lot more photos uh history and Coming up next week, we've got a really, this is one that you're definitely going to want to go to the website and check out the models and the renderings because this story is super interesting. Bobby, can you, can you give us any little tease for next week? I, I'm going to give you a really, really subtle tease because I don't want to okay. give it away yet. All right, okay. My, my story on the on, on Milwaukee is going to actually go live the same day as we do, um, as we air this one next week. So it's going to okay. be a, sort of a, a big unveil. So the tiniest little tease. 
Yes, it's a story about um, a beloved architect and the many, many projects that that may uh, that could have been built here, but were not. Okay, that's a good tease, Bobby. You got me wondering, like, who is it? Even though I know, <laughs> <laughs> is it Henry Coke? We don't know. We don't know. All right. Well, you'll just have to subscribe and meet us back here next Tuesday. We'll see you then. <laughs>